Ladies and gentlemen, attention everyone. Welcome to No Picks After Dark. It's your boy Nick Burke, and you are now tuned in to the hottest podcast in the world with Aaron Dante, giving you the hottest interviews with the dopest people, sharing their experiences from your neighborhood all around to the world. Voted Best Baltimore Podcast by you, the listeners. Now, your host, Aaron Dante. Yo, Aaron, talk to him. Welcome to the No Picks of the Dark Podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Dante. Today, we have a special show for you folks. We are taping live at Zeke's Coffee House on Hartford Road, folks. I mean, live and direct. So thank you for sponsors, Zeke's, for doing this. It's a really special request, so I really appreciate it. So, special show is coming out. You know, I normally don't drop two shows in one week, but you know it's special if I'm dropping something. So this young man doing some big things in Baltimore. He reached out to me about two or three weeks ago, and I said, why is he reaching out to me? He's a busy guy. Why does he want to talk to me? And, uh, you know, I delayed, and I said, let me get back to him. Let me get back to him and find out what's going on. And um, he said, come on down. Check out. I got something going on coming up very soon. So, all right, I'll come down check you out. So, you know, had a nice conversation, meet and greet. And I walked away, blown away, blown away what he has going on. So, without further ado, Mr. Thomas James, the art curator at Creative Alliance. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing well. How are you? Hey, blessed, man. I'm blessed to be. I'm glad we finally linked up, man. Yeah, for sure. I'm, I'm, glad, I'm glad you told your audience how you tried to play me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, I didn't. I didn't. I, it's nothing but love. Nothing but love out here. So, again, you know, you're here. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so I am... Originally from the DMV, I was born in Washington, D.C., raised in Prince George's County. I've been in Baltimore. I've been in Baltimore for about three years now, and I am a full-time curator and arts facilitator. Um, So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Nice, 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 man. So, got a little bit. So, I went to check out his show that he has coming up, and I was blown away. I came back and told everybody, like, I, I got I to I come back down here when it opens up. So let's get a little bit. Like, we're going to get a nitty-gritty about you and talk about what's going on with you. So what was your favorite childhood memory growing up? Jeez. Um, my favorite, I've, I've had, I mean, I had such a wonderful childhood. Um, but, I, you know, my favorite memory of all time combines um, a few things that, you know, I, I think, like, well, then let me just get to it. So my, my favorite memory, like, so when people ask me this question, I always kind of go back to this one memory that I have. Um, I was in middle school, and we were, uh, I was on the basketball team, so we were playing, you know, one of our games. And there, at one point in the game, I think, I, I can't remember, I, I must have been on defense or something, but um, I think somebody, like, pump faked and I bit on it I mean and I jumped up in the air and somehow like I caught a knee to the stomach and I don't know if, if anyone's ever been hit in like your lower stomach you know that that's the worst place to get hit so like immediately oh, nauseous I, I had to like run off the court because you know I had to throw up and um dry heaving and the uh, you know so it was kind of kind of like a low key um, out of body experience. And at, before I knew it, like someone had scooped me up and I was throwing up outside. It's kind of gross, but you know you'll 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 get it in a second. Um, so I was throwing up outside, and then when I when I came back into my right mind, it was um, my dad had scooped me up, and my dad and my mom were both there, like giving me Gatorade and just like seeing if I was okay and that kind of thing. And the reason I bring that up is because I am, I'm a, a child of divorced parents. So, you know, so like for years, you know, a lot of divorced kids, they, you know, most of the time you go through like a rough patch with your parents, just whether that's them getting used to the situation or, you know, whatever the case is. But, um, but so like in that moment when, when I had a moment of need, 
it was really, it was amazing to me that both of them were there just kind of consoling me and making sure that I was good. And then we came back and we won the game, you know, because we were some soldiers. Shout out to uh, the St. Matthias Mustangs. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you know, I, I like that story about the family. The family is very important out here, and I, I like that. Broke it down there about mm-hmm. it's very important to you. So did you like art growing up? I liked, I liked being creative when I was growing up. Um, when I was, when I was younger in in middle school, my friends and I, we, we used to make, when I would have sleepovers, we used to make little videos of us acting out different scenes from, um, just like stuff going on in school. And I used to, you know, at, at times I would like write little raps that I never rapped to anyone. And, um, and then I also used to draw like here and there, I used to draw, like characters, I would draw animals that would, um, you know, play sports and, you know, be like just doing like normal human stuff. And then I, I used to draw myself and, and my classmates as like superheroes and villains. So, you know, like like someone in my, one of my friends would be like a, a, a top secret ninja. And then someone that I didn't like, the, it would be a villain who would, his superpower was like having bad breath or something like that. Um <laughs> But but overall, but no, nah, I mean, I, I, I couldn't say that I really enjoyed art. I just always enjoyed being creative and just finding a creative spin on anything that I was doing. I always I always enjoyed standing out and, you know, just like trying to have fun with with everything. But I can't I can't say that I was into art. OK, OK. So we school. You know, how, what happened there? You went to school. What did you go to school for? Yeah, yeah. So I went to I went to college. I went to business school. So I went to Frostburg State University. Shout out to all my Bobcats. Um, and I studied business when I was there. While I was in school, that's when I actually picked up the, I guess you could, uh, the, the practice of photography. Um, my sister brought me a camera. Um, that she found, and and so from there I just started doing photography and just getting introduced to the art world. But I was always you know, studying business and um, and things like that. All right, that's dope. That's dope. So you're in business school, you do your thing. What was the next move? What was the first gig out of college? The first gig out of college, I was working for AmeriCorps. I was a, a part of the Vista program, which is Volunteers in Service to America. Shout out to all the Vistas, because um, <laughs> every, everyone who's a Vista they know how how, how those jobs go. Um, but while but it, it was it was kind of cool because when uh, when I was graduating school, I was I kind of had to decide whether I wanted to go the business route. I could have gotten a job with um, I, a job offer at um, at Geico, or I could have went you know sort of like the independent sort of route, which I knew would help in my art practice, which was AmeriCorps. And I say that because AmeriCorps, the program was still kind of being formed and it was, it was pretty loose, pretty independent. So I knew that I would have a lot of time to do my own thing, um, which is what ended up happening. So I ended up going, working with, with AmeriCorps. I worked with DC public schools in the headquarters office. I was a communications coordinator, which means that well, it didn't really mean anything because the program was still like we were still forming the program. So I would go to after school programs and document things, you know, photographs and stuff like that. I had like a newsletter that would come out every time I went to the after school programs. I'd end up being like a chaperone. Um, but uh, but yeah, and then, you know, just just like making sure that all of their communication was at least try to make it a little more solid, you know, creating documents that had all updated information with any after-school partner they could reach out to, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but it was, but while I was doing that, you know, I'd finished my work fairly quickly. Like it wasn't, it wasn't anything that was too difficult for me. Um, it took initiative, but it wasn't anything that was difficult. So after essentially, after I had done whatever work was required, I would just start working on my, on, on what, on my art practices that I had going on. So at the time I had, I had, um, I had a, an independent art exhibition that I was pushing for a long time. It was called Darkest Before the Dawn. And um, so really, like, just just doing everything for that. If anyone has done an independent production, then you know how difficult it is. So especially this was me. I was learning on the job. I had no experience doing any of it. I mean, I, I had a little bit of experience. I had done a show before, but 
um, not like a real independent show getting into getting it into different spaces and stuff like that. Um, but so, yeah, so I, I really I really worked on on my practice while I was fresh out of school. So I remember you and I had a conversation and you had spoken about you lived in Chicago, correct? I, I, I lived there for a summer or a summer. OK. And. How did you become like, where did the art curator, where did that all come from? Because you say you spoke to somebody, somebody changed your life on it. It was like a kind of altering conversation that happened. Yeah, it was, um, I, I, I was working in Chicago as a, in an internship over the summer when I was in school and my mentor, um, shout out to Gerald, uh, Jean Baptiste, he was a filmmaker, uh, but he was also a teacher. And so he was. Um, he was just really encouraging because he knew that I was into art because I had, you know, he was like, you know, you got the tattoos and your photography and this, that, and the third. And um, <laughs> so, like, from there, he was, and he, but he knew I was in business school. So he was like, you know, what if you combined business and, and art and you're just being creative. And so he really encouraged me just to kind of test the waters. And so when I was in Chicago, I started to meet a lot of the gallery owners and a lot of the, um, like the art districts, uh, employees and people that did like first Friday events and stuff like that. And I was kind of learning the game about how kind of like the back end of the art world, uh, so to speak. And so that heavily influenced, you know, when I came back from that, I was like, all right, you know, let me, let me see if I I could take this seriously nice 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 so now we're getting into that 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 world that world of, exactly uh, okay I'm and that, yeah. that that's what's up i mean for somebody to pull you aside to do that that's huge yeah that's for somebody to take time and see that in you you know that that's number of respect i like that i like yeah. hearing that i oh like somebody God, you know that's somebody like you. a lot of people don't do that yeah but i'm glad you glad that person did that with you all right so let's yeah, so so you know what was the first gig doing it like how do you how do you navigate set me if i'm a go from a young adult listen to this message right now right and how do you navigate that you he's like you know you can do the business and you can do this and what's your first time getting somewhere like who where did you work how did you navigate to get into that space yeah so luckily luckily i was i was ignorant at the time um you know like when when you don't sometimes not knowing anything and not knowing that this is how you do it or this is how you not do it sometimes that could work to your advantage so what what happened with me was when I came back to school because I still had a, I still had a few years left when when I to school when I came back from Chicago and um and at the time I was I was just I was just messing around with all types of um, art form. So at the time when I came back from Chicago, I was designing clothes just for fun, um, like couture, fashion, and stuff like that. And through a through a um, a seamstress, a woman that um, that helped to create the clothes. You know, once I had designed them, she was like, you know what? Let me introduce you to uh, Cody Warren, who she ran the one of the large art centers up there. I was like, okay, cool. At first, I did a I did an interview with her just to just to be like, hey, you know, what do you do, this and the third, just to kind of just get an understanding. But then actually, Gerald, the, the same gentleman that, that I told you about in Chicago, he, he was like, yo, why don't you see if you can do an internship, like, just, just to see what it is. I'm like, okay, I never thought about that. And so I did the, so I did the internship with, with Cody. And, um, and so, you know, like halfway through, she knew I was a photographer. And so she was just like, you know, if you ever want to, if you ever want to do a show here, you know, you have free reign, like, go ahead and do it. And that was my first experience curating the show from from start to finish. You know, again, when you're doing it independent, that means that you are you're sourcing the artwork, you are doing all the promotion, like every every single thing is is your design. So she just gave me the reins, and she knew I was ambitious, so she was like, "You can go ahead and do it." And um, and so you know, from there we were. It was crazy. Me me and a, a friend of mine who was also in the show, Taylor um, Taylor Crawford. She uh, she and I we. We would go, and I, and I had a little team. I had a little team of um of some young ladies that that were working with me, and like to get the show popping, we would we would we would stand out outside the art buildings and, <laughs> and everything. Let's just like hand out flyers. Like come to the show, come to the show. We would go to the art openings in the city, um of like Cumberland and Frostburg. Like come to the come to the show, come to the show, and um yeah, and then the show the show was it was 
yeah, I've said it before. Like it's, it was, it was an amateur show, but it was a lot of people that was there. Like it was like a hundred some people that came in. Every all the artists, all three of us, we sold work. Um, the president of the of the university came through. The you know some of my teachers, the um, you know some of the deans, and of course you know all the all the all the kids from the from the art kids to um, to just like everyone who who knew me you know, came to the show, and it was just a crazy vibe, and so from there, that's when I was like, I was like, wow, like, I could do this? I was like, all right, let, let me go ahead and try. I love, so for all the people that maybe a little bit younger, yeah, he just said it was the street team. Yeah. <laughs> so what y'all don't realize, is not, it wasn't all internet. Yeah, you were out there pushing. You were on oh, the, yeah. you were on the grind out there. Oh, you were yeah. Because that, that right there was like, you had the energy. You were really going after it. Oh yeah, that's what I like because it was like I want what I want. We gonna go out here. We gonna go to every show. We hand out get. Yeah, we hand out flyers. Flyers. People don't do that like they used to. They don't do that no more. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing. Like sometimes you gotta. It, sometimes you gotta put it in people's face, especially when you first starting. Like no one, you know, no one knew that I was trying to do this. As far as like, people knew me on campus, you know, kind of as. Um, they knew me for a lot of different things. One of them was because I was a photographer. I was one of the photographers on campus. But, you know, kind of like doing this, doing art in that capacity wasn't something that people were, were used to. So, yeah, I mean, we, we had to take a guerrilla marketing, you know, sort of sort of approach. So, yeah, we were handing out flyers. I'm, <laughs> I'm coordinating with my team. I'm like, okay, y'all going to be at this building at this time because this class lets out then and I'm going to be here. So, you know, I'm waking up. I'm waking up at, at the 7 a.m. classes, like handing out flyers until 9, until, until I got to go to my 9 a.m. And then I have another person coming in, you know, doing this and that. You know, and then and we, we were in the newspaper. We were, you know, I was, I was going to every organization like, yo, can you promote this, you know, this, that, and the third. You know, so sometimes, sometimes you got to hand out, you know, 2,000 flyers to get 20 people there. But, you know, when you're starting, it is what it is. I love that. I mean, just, that's in business in general, what you just said. I mean, that's really going for it. You had the, you had the vision. You knew what you wanted. You went after it. And I love that. I love hearing that. I love learning about how everybody else do, that, does things. Just like podcasting. Kind of like what you did. I'm out here. Yeah. I'm out in the streets. People, when it was COVID, I was still in the streets. <laughs> because you know what? I believed in my product. Yeah. And I was like, I was sorry about to open up. I need to get my name as much ear. I, get, I need to get my voice in as many ears as possible. You can get the ground running. And you got to because once, oh, once like right where we're at, the world's opening back up. It is. People ain't going to have time to do what they're going to be doing like they used to. Exactly. So you better get out there in the street. So I like what you push, push, push. I love that. I love that. Just inspiring. So to all the young people out there who want to do something, push, have a goal, have dreams, make it happen. That's what it's about. So I like that. I like that. So your first gig mm-hmm. paid gig yeah how'd that feel how did that feel when you got that first check and it was your first gig you know you doing your thing you were in charge of the big a big show tell us yeah. a little bit about that that's a that that's that's a <laughs> the first time i actually got paid to do something um the first time i got paid when i was in the art world um i worked for maryland federation of art in annapolis and it was crazy because when when i was coming out of school I applied to to Maryland Federation of Art because I knew their track record and and you know and everything that they had done, and I made it to like the second round of interviews, but I didn't get the position. But I was focused. I was like, I was like, man, I know this is where I need to be. I just felt it when I was there. So when I was doing all the independent stuff, when I was working with AmeriCorps, I was definitely soliciting. Uh, the executive director at, at, at MFA, uh, Joanne Vaughn, and she'll she'll tell you this. So like, I had I had a show and I invited her to the show. I'm like, you know, come to the show. I'll give you a private tour. And I'm and, and when I'm doing that, I'm like, I'm spitting out everything there is to know about all the shows, all the artists, so that she could see. You know, I'm like, you know, showing her my stuff. And and then she took me out to lunch afterwards, and she was like, she was like, I know what you're doing. Like, you know, you didn't get it last time, but you you know you trying to trying to get it now. And I was like, hey, it is what it is. Um, and it ended up working uh, because I ended up working at, at MFA, uh, I guess that was 2018, no, 20, 2017, 2017, I started working there. And, um, and yeah, and it was awesome, you know, just like being, getting paid to, to do, to do artful things instead of, you know, putting my own money up. Um, you know, it was, it was amazing because, you know, it was, it was, it's like, I can focus all my time now on 
this and I'm getting paid to do it. It's not, I'm getting paid to learn. I'm, I'm, you know, that sort of thing. It wasn't just, you know, just, just doing it in when I, when I have time or having to make the time. Cause you know, it's sometimes the process, it can wear on you. Um, not to say that I wasn't grinding, doing my own thing when I was there because I was, I had like, a, I was doing a ton when I was at MFA outside of MFA, but being there on the ground at MFA every day, seeing how hard uh, everybody was working and meeting all these artists and, and things like that. Uh, it, it was a wonderful feeling. We, you, we weren't getting paid that much because it was a fellowship. But, you know, again, you got to make it do what it do. So how did you end up at Creative Lines? Because I'm, I'm, I'm getting framing the picture right now. So I'm, I'm doing the artwork with you right now. I'm painting the picture right now because yeah. we're about to get to the big the big. Joe, but go ahead. That's um. Oh, wait, is my is my? Can you still hear me? Oh, you good? Okay, cool, cool. You cool. good? Um, that's a great question. So, um, so while I was working with MFA, I was doing, like I said, I was doing a whole bunch of stuff. I was, I was, um, I was sitting, I was go, sitting on panels. I'm going to all these events. I'm meeting people. I'm networking, and I ended up doing another independent show with an artist who was from Iraq. Um, I ended up like doing a, a big fundraiser, bringing him here from Iraq, and um, I had a show in two galleries. So I was doing that. I was working with the Phillips Collection and um, there's another organization called Double Nickels. So uh, just doing another show, and so um, so yes, yeah, so I was I was doing all of that, really just learning more and more about the the art field while also working at MFA which again every day is you know you're you're grinding every day getting people to to come to the gallery talking to people who are coming setting up shows and then of course networking so um and and I'm gonna segue into to how I came to Baltimore so MFA so Maryland Federation of Art what they specialize in is juried shows so what they do is they pick a juror from normally it's somewhere in the region and that person will, you know, the, the show will have a theme. You know, one of the themes was, um, it was called Art on Paper. And so it was all the art that was created had to be made out of paper or made on some sort of paper, watercolor paper, you know, whatever the case is. And so they'll pull a juror from, let's say, the, the, the art director of the University of Delaware. And everyone who's submitting, you know, so let's say like 200 people submit to the show and then the juror picks like 50 people to, to get into the show so that was one of the ways that I was able to do a lot of my networking because the jurors they would come to MFA or they'd come to one of our other sites that that we would do shows in and I would just tag along you know when they're when they're going through the uh, when they're going through the shows to see it themselves um, so you know there's a um, if, if they're walking through, I'm walking through with them. Oh, what do you think about this? You know what? Just, just so we can build rapport. And one of the, one of the folks that, that was a juror was, uh, he's, he's a, he was a resident at Creative Alliance and a friend of mine now, his name is Adam Davies. What's up, Adam? He's in London right now. And, um, and so we just started building rapport when he came to Creative Alliance, just talking and, and just uh, getting a feel for what he's trying to do and his background and stuff like that. And then another juror was, was my predecessor um, at Creative Alliance, uh, the curator at the time. His name is Jeremy Stern. And, you know, again, so from there, um, I'm building rapport. And, you know, I'm like, hey, you know, we should go all get lunch sometime, you know, that kind of thing. So I can learn the game. And, um, yeah, and again, just like build my network. And, you know, lo and behold, as I'm, as I'm leaving Maryland Federation of Art, and I don't know what's about to happen, I'm just doing contractor work, you know, just installing shows and, and doing stuff like that. Um, you know, Adam, Adam hits me, he's like, yo, you know, Jeremy's leaving, and um, I think you should apply for the position um, of, of curator, and I was like, okay, cool, like, at first, I didn't want to, because I was like, not that I didn't want to, but I didn't think I was qualified, but, but then he was like, no, I really think you should, and I was like, all right, let's do it, and I did, and, and, you know, I said, you know, you, you, some, that, that was a lesson, I was like, yo, you really got to believe in yourself sometimes, because everything that they wanted, I had, and I didn't even know that I had it, um, and yeah, and then after that, I got the job at Creative Lines, and I came up here to Baltimore. I love it. I love it. The No Picks After Dark podcast is fueled by Zeke's Coffee. Have you tried their coffee yet? I'm telling you, there is something different about it. Maybe it's because they roast their beans in a fluid coffee roaster, which provides the most accurate roasting temperatures and made with love. You will just have to check it out for yourself and try their delicious food while you're at it. Open now for curbside service carry-out and delivery, and they also do wholesale. Visit Zeke's Coffee at 4719 Harford Road, open Monday through Friday, 7 a.m. to 6 p.m., and Sunday, 8 to 5 p.m. 
Kitchen closes at 3 p.m. Or visit Zeke'sCoffee.com and you too can be fueled by Zeke's. Welcome, folks, and we're back with Mr. Thomas James, the art curator of Creative Alliance. Okay, I mean, he just gave us a little background about himself. So we appreciate the audience. I'm sure the audience is, you know, on pins and needles waiting for what's going to happen next. So. so we got him here because he invited me to Organic Destruction. Yes, indeed. And I was blown away, folks, blown away when I saw what he has going on. Okay. The show opens up on April 17th. Okay. And um, I really wanted to get him on because when I saw the show, I believed in it. I believed what he, what he was doing. So this is his show. So I'm not going to talk anymore because y'all hear my voice every week. But tell the audience about the new show that's coming out, Orga- Organic Destruction. Tell us a little bit about it. Yeah. So Organic Destruction is a is an art exhibition that is going on at Creative Alliance from April 17th to May 29th. It is um, it is a show that is all about human nature versus human intent and the way that humans have or I, I guess I should say the destruction that humans have caused to our environments. And now the word destruction, it doesn't necessarily have to be negative or positive. It just is what it is. Um, but yeah, let me reiterate. So it's, it's human nature versus, um, versus human intent. And the, um, and all of the, this thought process is all facilitated through the, um, through the artwork that is, all created from either natural materials, repurposed or recycled materials, and or material uh, artworks that are created in that vein. So a lot of the artworks are created by using things such as wood, cardboard, snow, corn, tar, you know, they're scrap metal, there is, uh, you know, the, the textures and, and the materials that are used in this, in this show are crazy. And then there are some that, aren't, that don't exactly use recycled materials, but it's still, but the work still um, touches on issues that are important to the concepts, such as animal rights, um, such as the, the cost of labor and things like that. So, the yeah so the show i mean that that's kind of like where my thought process is with the show and it uh trust me it is it's it's the it's probably one of the let me say this it's the best show in 2021 there's there's gonna be there's gonna be so many uh <laughs> it's so 3d it's the most 3d i've ever done in a show and um but no nah, but the just kind of just, just just all the aspects that are that are brought up um within the show things that um, you know, pieces that, that touch on um, religion and spirituality and how that, that affects human politics to, um, there's, a, there's a piece that's made out of found basketballs. And um, so the, you know, we're talking about, we're talking about human labor, the cost of labor. There's a piece that, that's made out of currencies from around the world. Um, you know, there's a, there's, there are pieces that talk about food scarcity, um, you know, just uh, the dilapidation and um, negligence of the of the government that that allows for the dilapidation of our environments and things like that. So it's um it's a lot, but it's 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 trust me, like it's it's one of the I think it's one of the best shows of twenty twenty one. Okay, okay, I, I like hearing that. I like hearing it. So I did a little tour, folks. So I'm I got some hard hitting questions for him because I mean it's been a while since I've been to an art gallery. It's been a while, so. All right. What so when I walked in, what is your thought process behind everything? I mean, when I walked in, I said, "Is there or is there a flow?" Mm-hmm. You know, I see the first thing here. Does it does it does it take me on a journey? What was your thought process when you laid laid everything out? So the first thing that I think about when I'm laying everything out is one: I want every piece to get it's shine. And I also want the pieces around it, the pieces around every piece to complement each other. So, you know, I don't want, I, w- I wouldn't put a huge grandiose piece right next to a, a super small piece on the wall that, it, 
that's going to swallow it up and you're not going to pay attention to it. You know, think just little things like that. So when you when you see the show, the the flow that you spoke of is essentially the way that the eye works. And when you walk into the space, I want you to be able to pay attention to each piece while also having a, a pretty a pretty simple um, walk around the gallery. So, you know, and, and for this show, it was a little bit difficult because there are so many 3D pieces that the floor is somewhat cluttered with the work, but, um, you know, but with spacing and, and things like that, it, it's, it makes it very, very easy for, for the, for the viewers to come around and, and see the show. But, uh, but yeah, but the flow is, is really so that the, so that the viewer can, can see each piece in, in a way that, you know, that each piece deserves to be seen and um yeah and, and that that it's a simple and comfortable walk around the space okay so i'm trying to figure out when i walked through it there was some snow like you mentioned yeah and i said snow Where, i mean this is actual snow in a painting okay and i was like blown away and then i saw another painting that was a was a the car radiator Yes, which was really dope. I thought it was dope. I just and you had there's so many. I can't. I'm not gonna give it too much away because I need people to come and want to support this support. But where do you get all these artists from? Because when I remember going through it, you have artists uh, from Ireland, Syria, you know, here in Maryland, Germany. How does that even happen? How do we even get all these people to come to Baltimore, Maryland, Charm City? Yeah. So. So your your question, I'll answer the, the the second half of the question first, which is how does how does everyone get to Baltimore? You know, Baltimore is a very like it's it's a it's kind of one of those things that if you're in the know, then you know what's going on. Meaning that the art scene here, people know that the art scene here is 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 pretty strong. Um, you know, there are a lot of different a lot of different galleries and a lot a lot of schools and a, a lot of spaces where people can exhibit their work and if if you really show baltimore love you so you show the scene love you get love back so you know when when folks when folks come here and they see what's going on and they they really just want to be a part of it you know there there are many people like myself that love the work that is being created here and so or like you know, you, you need a place to show it. Like these these thoughts that you're having need to be seen on a larger scale. So that's why people people come here from all over the world to create work, and um, you know, and to be a part of this community that 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 really appreciates it. So that's that's one. And then to answer the second, to the first part of your question, which is about how do I meet all these people? That's a, a really good question because I meet people. A uh, bunch of different ways. Uh, you you talked you talked about about um, you know just like you could walk past someone in an art exhibition, have no idea who they are. I'm one of the people that would try to stop and talk to whoever that person is. Like I remember I did a I did a show with an artist that I met at the BMA. We were both we were both at the at an exhibition, and you know, we were just like looking at a piece, and I just asked. I asked this young lady, and I was like, you know, what do you think about it? Yada yada, and then we just started talking. And it turns out she was a she was a student at Howard. Um, uh, so, you know, so like just talking to people is one way, but also you know I have to do a lot of research on these shows when I have a when I have a show or when I have an idea that is that's in my head. One thing that I do is I ask what questions. Am I trying to find the answers to or what questions lead to other questions or what story am I trying to tell? And then from there, that sort of informs the artwork that I'm looking for. And, you know, for a show like Organic Destruction, I've been working on this show for a, a, a long time, a pretty long time. And um, it's kind of short as far as exhibitions go. But, you know, anyways, um, and I visit exhibitions, I visit gallery spaces and museums and I see a lot of these artists work and I'm like and it helps me figure out what I'm what I'm doing so I might see someone's work and say okay you know I need that in the show because this is this is responding to 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 this idea that I've had or um you know it's like the the piece that was made out of snow 
the the gentleman um, Sam Hassini, he had a show in DC that I went to go see, and I was looking at his work. I'm like, yo, this would be perfect for the show. And um, there was a there, there's a woman in the show, Stephanie Garen. She had a show. You know, she shows in Baltimore, DC. I went to go see a show of hers. I'm like, this this is making me ask questions that are relative or relevant to to this show that I'm working on. So you know, a lot of times I just I find artists just by being out and about. Other ways that I find artists is is scouring the internet for hours. You know, I'm, I might look at past shows that galleries have done. I might you know be on Instagram just trying to find or not even looking, but just just seeing what's being created, or you know going to the the Baker portfolios, things like that, and and finding people. Um, you know, and, and other ways sometimes people hit me up. You know, I, I'm in a blessed position where people people want. It sometimes it's not even they want to be in the show. They just want my opinion on a piece that they're doing, or you know whatever the case is. And sometimes they find me, and we get to build rapport that way. It some comes from suggestions. I like guess a thousand different ways that that I meet that I meet people. And so like in a show like this, where there's it's it's eighteen artists. I met them. You know, there's there's like eighteen ways that I met that I met them. So you you touched on something real quick that I thought was very important. You said that it took you a while. Let's let's dig in that a little bit. How long did it take you to plan out this show? I mean, a lot of people probably don't. I don't know. I, right. I'm new to this scene, so you know. I I see we we see the end product. Mm-hmm. How long does it take for you to come up with this thought from the beginning to from the beginning to the birth on April seventeenth? That's a really great question because it really depends. So there's there's some shows that. I've, I've I've put together really impactful shows in a month, but that's because I may have already had a thought process or I may have already had an understanding of what it is that I want to do. So quick example, um, for those of you, if you're in Baltimore, an artist you should know is Derek Adams. He's based in New York, but he's from Baltimore. Um, he and I, we linked up at a friend of ours, Walter Cruz, uh, at his, he had a show and we linked up and then afterwards, you know, we all did dinner and this time the third. And as I'm leaving, Derek, he's like, hey, you know, I, I have a show that I'm working on at UB Blake Cultural Center. I'd like for you to be a part of it. I was like, OK, cool. That was now this was a couple years ago. This was November 1st. A couple years ago, we had to open the show November 30th. So. <laughs> The next day, I, I fell asleep. The next day, I woke up, and I'm texting all these artists that I know. I'm like, you know, I need you in the show. I need you in the show. I need you in the show. And we put together an amazing show called Our World. And But the show was a thought process that I had already had, which, is, um, which was essentially introducing the art world to what the new generation has to say about, you know, what we're interested in and uh, the points that we're trying to get across. There's something that, that goes on in my mind all the time. So that is, that's pretty easy. Like I put that together in, in a month, but then there are other shows, for example, like organic destruction that, um, you know, I had to do a lot of research for this show. Um, so like a show like this, I was supposed to do it. I was supposed to do it in, in May, I think it was like May 2020, and thankfully that didn't happen because that show would not have been anywhere near <laughs> what we have right now. Okay. So like, yeah, so like that that show I had, I had five artists. It was gonna be a show about like architecture. I was like, I don't really know what I'm doing, but you know. But then I I got to kind of I got to sit back, you know, because of COVID and really figure out you know, what exactly I wanted to do with the show and, you know, through research and, and me really understanding the thought process that I was having, it helped to inform the show. So to answer your question, the, the longest I've worked on a show is about a year and the shortest I've ever worked on a show is about a month. So it can depend. Wow. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen, he's dropping jewels and gems as I always see on the show. Dropping jewels and gems, getting a little, giving us a little peek behind the curtain. We really appreciate that. Now, what should the audience expect when they walk in there? I mean, I know you touched upon it, what was going, but I was new when I walked in there and I saw the show and I was blown away. Yeah, I couldn't stop talking about it. And I appreciate you giving me, giving me your time 
30 minutes of your day just to show me an hour, whatever time to see it. And I, I was blown away and I can't stop talking about it. I will be there to support. And I, like I said, I know one of the artists, Stephanie Garon. I've went to a couple of her shows. So I know some of her work and I saw the basketballs, which was really cool. Yeah. Um, that's the, Brandon Donahue. The boat, the boat. Like I yeah. thought it was Noah's Ark, but that's something different. <laughs> that's something different. But y'all going to see that when, you know, when it comes there. Um, what what, are they, what do you expect? Like, what do you want them to walk away with? Like, I know it's or, you know organic, destructive. What do you want them to walk away with feeling? When you come and see the show, when you when you come in, the first thing is you're gonna be like, whoa, because that is the that's the reaction that I wanted with this show because it is when when we talk about a 3D show, it's missing nothing. You have all the textures that you want. You have the intriguing pieces that make you want to walk up to it and touch it. You have the, what the hell is that? You have mm-hmm. the, did he really make that out of snow? You know, there are all these, the questions about the work itself, it, that's enough to make you want to stay in that space for a few hours and look at every single piece. That is just just the, the work, the material itself. Now, when you are walking around the show and you're learning about what each piece means, what I want people to walk away with is I want them to leave having many different internal conversations with themselves uh, and asking, is this organic destruction? Is this is this something that that hum- that that's unavoidable because of human nature or is this something that there was there was a there there was an agenda behind it and that's why we have that's why we're in the state that we are now so for example there's a there's a piece that is um that's about monuments in in Ireland and the the dilapidation of them and and you know how how and the how they've been neglected and i want people to to look at that and think about that in reference to your own life you know, think about the the cityscapes that you see now when, especially here in Baltimore, you, you look around and you see the, you see these abandoned neighborhoods or abandoned shopping malls. And we, you know, and, and you guys yourself, okay, is this, is this something that is just naturally going to happen? Because for whatever reason, you know, people don't want to be in the area or, um, you know, or, or just like, you know, people couldn't, people weren't shopping there anymore you know how, how does it work or is it is it because these are part of you know these these larger plans where the where the city is doesn't where the city neglects certain neighborhoods until the property is dirt cheap and then someone comes in buys it up and you know now we have a brand new neighborhood that you know we call that gentrification but you know just just thinking about that in the in the realm of, of asking these questions like you know why do these things happen and, um, you know, who's, you know, what exactly is behind it? And I had more questions, but that, that, that's a great way to, to wrap it up right there. That, that's, that, I mean, you really hit everything on the head because I had some other questions about COVID, but we now I can go there. We're talking about organic destruction. destruction. Yeah. How long is the show going to be around? This is, you know, it's going to wrap it up. Um, starts April 17th, but um, when does it go? What time? Give right. us some information. So the show opens April 17th, which is a Saturday. The opening day viewing, if you're not comfortable coming through because of COVID, when there's going to be a lot of people in the space, uh, you can come from 12 to 5, and then we're going to have a limited capacity opening with um, hand sanitizer, contact tracing, masks, all that good stuff, Um, and we're operating at 25 capacity. Um, We're going to have a limited capacity opening 6 to 8 on April 17th, and then we're going to be open every Saturday until May 29th and every, all those days is going to be 12 to 5 and uh, I'm going to put my email out there if anyone if you want to have a private viewing or um, if you can't come one of those days that we're open we can work something out just send me an email at thomas at creativealliance.org and we'll work it out okay so now I'll do something really fun with all my guests yeah all right, this is this is just a fun part. You can relax. You see, sweating over here, folks. He's sweating right now, right? Just nah, let me nah, know. Nah. Men's not hot. Right? <laughs> so, this is the fun part. I call rapid fire. All right, 
Who are your top five artists? My t- that's such an unfair question. Hey, well, hey um, this, this is a speed round here. No, nah, I got you. <laughs> um, so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna I'm gonna talk about some of the the artists that I've I've worked with the most. Okay. And so some of them are most of them are gonna be my um, some of my residents that have been Creative Alliance. So the first one is is um, Adam Davies, who I mentioned earlier. He's a an amazing photographer. He takes he takes images. He takes photographs of of bridges and other other um buildings and things like that and like just the when you're if you if you look at his work when you drive under bridges and stuff like that you'll never look at them the same um next one is going to be Keito, who's another who's a, another resident his work he's a photographer and an installation artist and i mean his work and just his knowledge and view on the world is something that i'm privileged to to be around um so just like and and if you see his work like you know it speaks for itself um next is uh Marjani Merriweather we just did a talk with the BMA the the sculptures that she's making they are out of this world and just the thought process it's something that people have never seen before um but it's something that is going to be um it's going to be remembered in the in the uh in the future, she, she's essentially an, an archivist. Uh, next is going to be Charles Mason III. Um, I guess you would call him like mixed media painter or found out. I don't know. He, he, he's, just, he's just out of this world. Again, another one of these artists who his thought process behind the work is crazy. And uh, I mean, his eye for color is, is crazy as well. But, um, but just the way that he, he views the world, he views the art world. He likes to spar. I like to spar. So, you know, just, just our conversations um, are, are, have been wonderful. And then the last artist I'm going to say is my older sister, um, Shannon. She, she, she's, she's, she's probably one of the biggest reasons that I'm here where I'm at today. Um, she's super artsy. So, you know, since we were little, like she's been... She, she's been making, you know, small drawings and, and bookmarks and quilts and just like any artsy thing you could think of. Um, you know, she visits some of the coolest places and has put me on to just so much cool stuff. And it's just been super encouraging. Like I said, she's the one that gave me that gave me my first camera, um, you know, and so she's just from a from an artistic standpoint you know just just having someone like that who's a couple years older than me someone that I could look up to and uh but just someone that's so into the arts um even just on a just on a simple level of you know it's just kind of like just kind of in their soul I would say that she's she's one of my favorite artists okay okay oh and, and she's an author I might, I might as well put, I, got, I forgot to put that out there too you got a plugger you got yeah, a plugger definitely. I gotta get that book nah she <laughs> writes too it's that's what I'm saying it's all that it's like all around and you know so again just like having having someone like that makes it so that someone like me who I said before was never into art it makes it easy for me to be like okay you know what maybe, maybe you know this, this is kind of cool all right <clears throat> crab cakes or crabs crab cakes Flats or drums? Flats. Blue cheese or ranch? I'll say neither, but blue cheese if I got to choose. Okay, okay. All right. I was about, <laughs> we're about to end the interview right in now because I'm a, I'm a blue cheese ride or die fan, man, <laughs> for the wings, okay? What is the best advice you've ever received? The best? I've, I've received so much good advice, man. People, the, the, the older folks, that they've, they've taken care of me, you know, for, with, with, with lacing me with game. Um, but I would, I would say the best advice that I always go back to was from Cody Warren. And she told me, she said, don't worry how pretty the plates are. Meaning, you know, just like, just put it in a restaurant form. No one's going to care how pretty your plates are if the food isn't good. Mm. So, you know, just like keeping in mind that the product has to be good. It has to be well thought out. It has to be, you know, it's important. Like, you know, whatever you're doing has to, the, the main, the main thing you're doing, the main course has to be good. And then everything else, you know, everything else will fall in line. So, you know, if you have the best food in town, doesn't matter if you serve it on paper plates, if it's the best food in town, people are going to come and eat it. Um, you know, so that's something that I remember all the time, you know, just, just thinking about like, how's the product, how is, when it comes to, to the shows, how's the work that we're putting up, how's the, the language that we're using to describe it, like, is, is, is that as, as, as top-notch as we can get, 
okay, it is. All right, great. Now I can worry about everything else. Um, but the first things first, you got to make sure that the product itself is good. And then you can worry about the plates and all the other good stuff. I like that. That's, that I'm, I might take that one. That's a good one. I like that. <laughs> I like that. Where can we find you on social media? You know, plug everything out. Are you TikToking on the? Are you TikToking <laughs> for the shows? I mean, I, I mean, that's the new, cool that the young kids are doing. So I uh, know I should. <laughs> but go ahead, tell us where we can find social media, all that stuff, um, just so we get more information. Yeah. So the easiest way to find me is on Instagram. It's thomasjames.dc. And I use Instagram like text messaging and you know, it's like I'm it's 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 always open. So people send me DMs and stuff like that. Um that's the easiest place to find me. And uh, but you can also check out my website, it's thomasjamesdc.com. So you can get to you can see any of the upcoming events and, and things like that, as well as past exhibitions that I've done, blog posts, all that good stuff. Um and then other other stuff that we're working on, um, the the that that I think people should be aware of is right now UB Blake Cultural Center is having a fundraiser for, um, and we partnered with Vans to do a, a collab fundraiser. Um, so you can get shoes and T-shirts and things like that. The fundraiser ends at the end of the month, uh, end of April. So um, it'll be before this or after this comes out. So um, definitely last minute you can get get your gear there and it. And uh, all profits go to UB Play Cultural Center. And then um, I'm working with the the BNO Railroad Museum. We have uh, commissioned artists to create these murals on these refurbished uh, caboose cars. And those are going to be on display on the, the BNO campus. And then there's going to be a lot of community events surrounding surrounding this uh, this commission. So um, be on the lookout for that, too, because those are going to be those are going to be a lot of fun. Folks, you heard it here. Organic Destruction, April 17th, The Creative Lions. Go check it out. It's fire. Appreciate that. You know what I mean? I'm co-signing. I'm putting my stamp, no pics, ever dark, everything on it. It's fire. Um, again, I, I love to have this discussion. Um, I tell people, I'm putting my toes in the art scene. I'm not, I'm not jumping in. I'm putting my toes in. You know, I just, just, see, if it's, just see if it's warm or cold. I don't, you know, see if, <laughs> if, I, if I get accepted in that community. It's hot. It's a different community, and I'm just dipping my toes in. I appreciate you taking time out of your busy day. Show's coming out within the next 96 hours or so, mm -hmm. and you made time to come check a brother out and talk and sit down. And please go support him. He's doing a great job. Organic Destruction coming out April 17th. This episode will be out two days before the show comes out. So, that, so you have no excuse. It's going to be running all the way through May. You, May 29th, right? Yeah, May you have no excuse not to go down there and support. On it. All right. So, folks, love, peace, happiness, and we're out. Thank you.